This is Carl Palachuk, and you're listening to the SMB Community Podcast, produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today once again by Mr. Harry Brailsford, widely known as being from SMB Nation and also 420 MSP. So uh, happy anniversary. Well, thank you. Yes, uh, just crossed the one-year mark for the startup 420 MSP. And Carl, you were there. We, we did an interview literally last April about yep. it. Well, and, you know, it's weird to be off the road because uh, I've enjoyed seeing your new signage and your, <laughs> your outfit at the events. Uh, so, uh, and in fact, uh, I remember I was taking, you asked me to take pictures of your son, right? So I'm over there taking pictures. And after about the fourth one, he's like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there so, we are. So you have, well, let's start with just a little bit. What is 420 MSP? And then we'll go into the conference and some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, th- th- uh, boy, how far back to go? Uh, let's just go back to my present adulthood. Let's not talk about high school and college. Um, but the uh, what what happened, Carl, was when I exited the big data predictive analytics startup three some odd years ago in Seattle. Um, then I started researching and really building a business model and, and my own expertise in the uh, the cannabis technology supply chain area and uh, the serious side. And so went to meetups, uh, worked with an ISV in Redmond, a couple of former Microsoft developers who um, have built a global API that's the glue between the ERP, the point of sale, the supply chain, and then reporting that information dynamically up to the Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Control Board and all the other states, harder than it looks. Um, And so then I started writing the book probably 15, 16 months ago, and how to be an MSP vertical edition, which focuses on the cannabis vertical. And that's what you and I talked about a year ago. So the idea is this, that um, a a managed service provider, MSP or IT pro can build a new vertical practice now more than ever with the world changing so rapidly. And um, the experience, I, I hope it's been good for me because Carl, I, I found a new home and I'm excited again. I felt a little listless for a few years there after small business server, AKA SBS went away. So I found something I'm excited about and we built a community. I just added it up the other day, uh, 690 members in one year of organic growth. And, and that's separate than the SM. I don't count the SMB nation number because right. I insist you literally sign up at our site to be counted as a community member. Um, So we've had good growth and the idea is we're uh, SMB Nation all over again, a community with resources, events, education, activities for people who are interested in in the cannabis vertical as IT pro or MSP. I think I (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, it's interesting to me because when you started this whole discussion of inventory control and ERP and getting it all together and, and regulation and compliance, it's like, that is any industry. In fact, most industries don't have all the technology that the cannabis industry has. Yeah. Um, and, and you didn't even go into security, signage, <laughs> all that other stuff. 
So it's, there's a huge amount of technology um, and you know, there's a lot of specialization. So what do you think is the biggest learning curve for people who decide that they want to you know, pivot from MSP generic to MSP focused on cannabis? Yeah, I, I, I would say as I sit here today, it's uh, com the compliance and traceability aspects, which again, do impact technology. Um, you know, it's, it's a distant, distant cousin to like HIPAA compliance in the way maybe an MSP would help a customer with that in the healthcare sector, um, followed by security and then uh, the taxation stuff, not that we're bookkeepers or accountants, but again, helping helping the uh, cannabis client keep everything in order so they make sure they pay their taxes and, and that keeps the doors open. But it's really those three areas, Carl. And then after that, it's probably culture um, that you need to educate yourself by going to some of the sites I recommend in the book. Well, first of all, reading my book <laughs> and then right. going to exactly. the sites. Because what this industry has in its culture is uh, there's natu they're naturally a little paranoid and skeptical um, of hucksters that are trying to catch this gold rush. And so you really need to know what you're talking about. Uh, an example would be labeling. Not, not that you and I are going to get involved in the finer points of labeling, but the barcode on the label is everything to track in the supply chain. So you need to be conversant to gain credibility, if that makes sense, right? You, you, sure. Yeah. I, 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 in well, some ways, it's like any other industry. If I start talking to a dentist, he's going to take 30 seconds to realize I'm not a dentist. Right? Yeah. I don't speak his language. I don't know anything. Uh, take a second and, and give us your site. What's the site for the book? Yeah, 420msp.com. And um, so, so there's a lot of cool technology um, compliance, actually, compliance is always our friend, whether it's HIPAA or FINRA or anything else. Um, there's, a, there's a checklist that has to be built and it has to be executed flawlessly every time. Otherwise, you're held responsible. Um, side question, uh, how much is insurance a factor if you're an MSP that's dealing in this industry? Well, you know, I'd look at it this way. So I'm super good friends with an insurance guy up in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Here's what he did. He sold a traditional insurance business and, and quite frankly, got in well into the seven figures for his exit. He had built quite a practice. And so he retired young and moved his family to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Then he got bored. And so now he has started another insurance agency that focuses on the cannabis vertical. And um, he's doing quite well. I mean, he's a sought after speaker. You know, one day he was in Aspen speaking at a conference uh, some time ago. And, but the point is we collaborate together. And here's what I would offer is that, yeah, there are unique needs, especially with the schedule one classification at the federal level and uh, the, the difficulty in having a traditional banking relationship and things like that. So he's a specialist in this field. He's doing well. The agents are doing well. Um, so it's more, Carl, like maybe when I talk with him, it's more that we're on a common pathway. You know, we're talking about the delivery of professional services, whether it's accounting or insurance or technology. And so we find we have some common experiences. One of his is that 
the traditional insurance agent sales motion of uh, one email, one call, one written letter, followed by a call, followed by an email, followed by a call. Um, it doesn't work. He said it doesn't work in this industry. And for some of the reasons I told you about culture uh, earlier. So it's much more relationship-based and going to events or publishing and virtual events. You, you get the point. Right. Um, we're on a common journey, if that answers your question, but there's not really a lot of crossover between tech and insurance. Okay. Um, and so you had announced uh, a conference and then uh, basically it pivoted fairly quickly to doing a, it virtually. Uh, and I know that's a pain in the neck, but uh, how is that going? Well, it's going good. I mean, it's not the same. Uh, here, here's the deal. It's the uh, 420 MSP uh, Cannabis Tech Conference. It was going to be two days in Denver. And we had secured the Denver Opera House, and we were working with uh, being friends and aligning with um, PAX 8 Wingman 2020. So if you can imagine, we were Monday, Tuesday. They were Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And the hope and desire was is that we could help each other message that you could have a whole week in Denver, right? right. And, and absolutely no overlap and the conferences are complimentary. And so that, that was our hope and desire. And I had chatted with them briefly. Then uh, the first cases in Seattle showed up of uh, COVID-19. And my sister's husband is a, a career medical doctor, uh, Yale educated, and he works in the Seattle emergency room. And so when I talked to them in late February, and you know now you know the science is pretty well known about. I, I mean, Carl just yeah, the, just this morning I saw there's a transmission not just between species but kingdoms. So the human kingdom and the animal kingdom, literally, there are cases of transmission. Right, Which, I've seen this with tigers and different things. Yeah, it makes this extremely dangerous. This is not the flu. So back to the point. Uh, I got great advice. I checked my own, you know, wetware as to what I was thinking about it, and we made the call in early February. Uh, quite, quite frankly, before I, with all due respect, but a lot of conferences in the industry, I wanted to step up, I wanted to make a clear decision with plenty of time for people to respond. And so the format has changed, Carl, that instead of two days, it has now become four days starting at 4.20 p.m. Pacific time. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, early June. And it's three hours a day because we also looked at how people uh, and my speakers in particular um, they just didn't have a minute to to sit eight hours in a chair and look at a computer screen. <laughs> right. <coughs> well, so, you know, it's interesting as somebody who has worked a great deal remotely, you know how the remote stuff works. And it, I know that seems almost simplistic today, but a lot of people, even in our industry, don't have experience with the remote stuff. And, you know, we've been talking about it for whatever, 15 years. But you actually, I mean, uh, Jenny doesn't even live in Seattle, hasn't for years, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so you have a virtual office and have had for many years. Uh, you now live in Texas half the year. And, you know, it, so you literally have nailed the whole remote thing. And I got to say, some of the conferences we've seen so far that were supposed to be uh, live and went remote, 
they haven't been good. Yeah, yeah, it's a different paradigm. Um, I'll, I'll emphasize this about the conference. Here, here's the deal is that um, what we're saying is, you know, come support us. It's our first year. Now, Carl, again, admittedly, it's going to be a modest first year, right? Totally managing expectations. I said, let's just do it, right? A little bit like we did in Indianapolis in 2003 with SMB Nation, right? Let's just do it. Um, and, and then that positions us very well for next year, for year two, because we will have one under our belt. But more importantly for the attendee, it's, it's really about them, that we're saying now more than ever, this is a chance to get involved in an industry that's moving forward rapidly, while many, many, many industries are contracting and moving backwards and quite frankly, may never recover. Um, for example, Carl, and you know, you know these stories, but you're gonna see restaurants that only do takeout now with the different delivery services. They will not reopen with a dining room the overhead, uh, the, the, you know, staffing and all that, um, the different delivery services will bring that Hill Country pizza right to your door. I mean, this is a, you know, societal shift. And point is, there, there's going to be winners and losers. And, and I would offer the cannabis vertical is going to be a winner <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> so um, you and I had talked earlier about uh, you think that there will be an acceleration in the legalization for the rest of the country. Yeah. Uh, talk a bit about why that corresponds with what we're going through today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, up, up until recently, you know, we were on a pathway for two to five years to be federally legal. Um, the, the, the momentum is unstoppable, you know, even, even my conservative uh, lawmaker friends understand the taxation possibilities <laughs> are tremendous so they can fund their projects. Um, so it is going to happen and it's going to get off a of schedule one and the banks are going to have a new client base and so on. That, that was two to five years, maybe more. Um, I would offer, you can probably cut that time nearly in half because the cannabis vertical got tagged as an essential service. And once you got that tag with the COVID-19 pandemic, that legitimized the, the, uh, the, the vertical, legitimized the business. Is that just, I know it was in California. Yeah. Uh, is that everywhere or is it just in, in a, a number of states or the bigger states? I, you know, I can't speak to everywhere. So I, I could not tell you about Vermont or Maine or, uh, uh, Massachusetts. Okay, so I, I can't fully answer the question. I can speak towards Texas and um, Washington State. Now, in Texas, Washington State, that's real clear. <laughs> in, in Texas, uh, last Friday, I chatted with the head lobbyist of the Texas hemp industry, and he, uh, it's kind of a funny story, he has a weekend home across the border in Louisiana on a, on a bay, and he said, boy, they're shutting down the border in 14 minutes. And I said, well, you know, we can reschedule the interview. <laughs> and he said, he said, he's just going to ride it out in Louisiana. He's just going to stay there. But um, so he's the man. Okay. Guy's name is Chuck Maines. And he was instrumental, for example, in advising the Dallas City Council and the Dallas Chamber of Commerce and getting the essential services designation for CBD shops. 
Um, as you know, uh, state of Texas is not adult use legal, but you can have hemp and CBD. And so uh, he was instrumental in that. And, and he concurred with my layperson's opinion with his educated opinion about the acceleration of legalization. So now you know what I know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess the follow-up question is, you, you come from a very businessy background, actual business consulting. Um, is this economic downturn um, an actual opportunity for people to shift from one focus to another? You know, uh, as you know, one industry shuts down automotive or something, for example, um, I think some people are gonna say, well, I'm a little shy to start working in a vertical that can suddenly disappear, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm also a risk taker, okay? So that, <laughs> that's, that's a key part of the answer, because no, this is not for everybody. And before I directly answer your question, Carl, what we're seeing with the SMB Nation is, um, people are self-selecting themselves out of this opportunity in, in, a, in a nice way, you know, no, no loss of friendship uh, for religious reasons, risk reasons, uh, ideology reasons, but an equal number are enthusiastically entering the, the line of work. And so here's, here's what I found in my research and what I know to be true is um, the, the dark, market for drugs has always been counter-cyclical, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and that, just think back to the 1930s and think back to prohibition and, and other epochs uh, in our geologic time frame. Um, and cannabis behaves that way. So industries that do really well, and I've been through a couple of recessions. The one that was really impactful for me was the Alaska oil bust in uh, the mid 80s. And what you saw was you saw pawn shops thriving, you saw gun dealers thriving, you saw liquor stores thriving, you saw some other um, unsavory businesses that I don't care to name on the air thriving. <laughs> and, and to some extent, they prey upon addiction. So there's a certain addiction element to counter cyclical uh, sector of the economy. Um, THC is, actually not addicting, right? Like if you were consuming as an adult and you got deposited on a llama ranch and there was no product available, you, you don't get the jitters or the withdrawals like alcohol will do if you're an alcoholic, right? I mean, it, it is not addicting. I think it's up here, it's pleasant and you want to consume, but back on topic, uh, yes, the cannabis uh, vertical is um, counter-cyclical, and I would offer for, for two basic reasons. One is the hoarding that's going on at the dispensaries. California is the best example. One of our analysts said the line went all the way around the block recently. Wow. Um, and reason number one, in my opinion, is medical use. So now people are using cannabis, whether THC or CBD, THC perhaps for epilepsy and anxiety and other, uh, 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 if you're a cancer patient, we're talking about um, suppressing nausea and increasing your appetite, that kind of thing. It, it does have medical qualities. So number one would be medical use. So Carl, are you gonna give up your prescription to a drug that's important to you, in my case, high blood pressure uh, in a recession? No, sir, I'm not. <laughs> no, sir, I'm not. 
the other thing would be more along the lines of alcohol. Um, don't have it in front of me, but my tummy tells me alcohol consumption does not go down in a recession. <laughs> For a lot of reasons. <laughs> so, um, you know, at a time when, like right now today, um, you know, that I, I would say we're at this weird point where we can see there's going to be a recession. Like technically oh. there won't be a, a recession. But all these people have applied for unemployment and all of the uh, IT professionals are saying, look, this will hit us. We, you know, it hasn't hit us yet. We just, we're just finishing putting people in their home offices and getting them set up with new technology. And so far we've seen a bump out of this. Um, but when it hits our clients and our clients start laying off and start downsizing, then uh, cash is going to be short and, uh, and maybe riskiness will, will be a little <laughs> short as well. Um, so, so how do you make that transition in an economic downtime? Do you just assume, you know, there are going to be shops who need us? There, somebody's going to be opening shops or adopting new technologies? Yeah, yeah. So think of it this way that, uh, and I'm actually having this talk with my youngest son, Harry. So let's, let's use him as an example um, to, to make my point. And, and then again, I'll hit you head on with the, the proper answer. But he finishes uh, his degree at Cal Poly next year, a year from now. And we made the choice uh, early on that he's going to go to summer school this year um, because uh, the employment situation is not overwhelming right now for young people. And Carl, one of the, uh, and by the way, education is counter-cyclical. When we have a dip and people have, don't have jobs, but there's uh, student loan money available, they go back to college. Uh -huh. now, college is changing because it's going online and yada, yada, yada. But that's what we're investing in with Harry is we're saying, okay, um, go to summer school, finish a little bit early at Cal Poly and hit the job market in about a year from now, because Carl, there are no jobs or job star liking um, versus, you know, the trade-off. I mean, I, I guess he could be an Amazon Prime delivery driver, but. <laughs> um, With his engineering degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, the point is uh, right now, and to answer your question, Carl, um, dad, you talk too much. No, I don't, son. Uh, <laughs> But with people having free time at home, uh, start at my site, 420 MSP. We're posting up two to three interviews uh, a week. Uh, I have the book um, available for purchase there. So Carl, you know, you need to invest in yourself immediately. And in that book, I point to other resources, of course, uh, the one that's kind of the granddaddy of them all, is the Marijuana Business Daily site, the media company out of Denver. Unbelievable. Spend an hour a day on that thing. I, I do in the morning. I, I read for an hour and uh, learn that from you, Carl. So <laughs> it's, it's, the it's kind of the Wall Street Journal of the marijuana industry. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, sort of the CNBC Wall Street Journal, throwing a little CNN in and you, you get the picture. It's the, the big dog. And that's my answer, Carl, is you're going to have to use this transitory period to um, reinvent yourself. And now that everyone who's listening to this has done that because we went from MS-DOS to NetWare 
to Windows NT to SBS to cloud. Right, right. So I, I'm going to offer, I've reinvented myself, well, with this new startup six times, five times in technology, and now the sixth time. Well, I, I do think it's interesting in the last recession, you know, started, you know, uh, October 2008, let's just say the market crashes. Uh, and then for the next couple of years, while people were not paying much attention, the cloud became mature, right? When, when that recession was over, all this talk about, oh, maybe we ought to go to the cloud was, <laughs> hey, we've done it. Like we, people are now there and we're selling Azure and, you know, um, and, and I think that every, every time you push the reset button, you have the opportunity to create new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and what I'm looking at on my screen, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go to it dynamically. I thought I had it open, but, but basically there was a, a Mimi, Emmy, Emmy, isn't that called Mimi? No. <laughs> <laughs> little, little humor there. Um, very little humor. But, the, uh, but the, it had a chart of companies that started in the last recession, 07 through 09 is what the, you know, the economists say. But you basically, you had your Airbnb, I believe. I, I know you had Uber. So you had these companies that started in a recession. Uh, Intel back in the day did. UPS did back in the day. And so, Carl, those companies tend to do very, very well if they can survive the, the short term, right? Because you learn how to manage your business. Um, you don't fly business class. You don't have a company car. And so that herein lies the opportunity too. This is actually the best time to get into this vertical and do it lean and mean and not fat and sassy. And right. um, I don't know, man, that, like, like I say, I'm just fired up. And, and another point I wanted to make before we get too far afield is uh, late last week, Jay McBain revised his 2020 forecast uh, in his over at Forrester and is saying that this downturn recession depression i i personally believe it's going to be steep and deep um is uh shaving 50 billion dollars uh off the, the spend in the channel and so carl there are yeah there's going to be displacement and and dude dude i'm, I'm just here to help okay i swear th this time i'm not going to profiteer off misery okay <laughs> well you know it's it's one of these things where Again, from the business consulting perspective, you want to help as many people as possible to get through this and move on. And I got to say, one of the biggest pieces of advice I would ever give anybody starting any business is delay opening a physical office until you absolutely have to. It is, you know, the one of the biggest wastes of money. Now, there's a point when you got a bunch of employees, you do need an office, but you got two or three employees and you mostly work from home. Uh, you don't need that huge expense. And so in some ways, starting this when everybody's quarantined forces you to be lean and mean, forces you to make what under other circumstances is simply a wise decision. <laughs> now it's the only decision you have, right? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's a huge thing. And so I, I do think you're right that starting lean and mean will serve you well because uh, you know, cash is the most important thing for the next six months. Yeah, let me let me respond to that. I know we're probably starting to bump up on our time, but I'll respond to that. Last week, our weekly webinar was with Matt Higgins, who's uh, a rotating shark on Shark Tank. And we were talking about a variety of topics, uh, digital marketing in particular, and the 
COVID-19 pandemic and for MSPs. And, uh, but he made a couple of expressions along the way of cash as king. Um, he believes a couple of things that there's going to be a double dip. So right now, today, the market's up about 1,200 right now. There's a lot of volatility in the, the Dow, not the best measure, but a lot of volatility. Well, there's going to be a double dip because markets are a little bit emotional, despite what you say. So now it's you know looking like the curve's flattening and so on. He says, you're driving in the fog. Pull over to the side of the road safely and wait in your car. Do not drive in the fog. Wait until the fog lifts and make your investment. That's actually and, a good analogy. Yeah. And he said it's really about um, um, surviving is winning. Okay. Just it, it, he, he literally thinks it's going to be last man standing when we come out of this. And, you know, combined with Jay McBain's uh, revised forecast, Carl, what I would predict um, in my past life as a media integration company and a publisher, to some extent my present life, but you are going to see a shakeout uh, in our industry, right? It will truly be a case of last man standing because media companies were already out of favor with Wall Street, don't have the best balance sheets. They don't have the best business models. Right. So um, I don't, you know, let's, let's just assume there's 10 publishers in our space. Just pick a number. Um, Carl, that, that could be five coming out of this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, also, I mean, in the last recession, I know that somewhere between 25 and 30% of the people on all of our mailing lists simply disappeared. They got yeah. jobs, they got bought out, they just walked away, <laughs> shut the doors and, and you know, turned off the lights. Um, so, you know, some of that is always the case. Uh, you know, again, the whole, uh, uh, you know, Gartner research that, you know, maybe 25% of this industry isn't making money on any given day. Yeah. So, you know, that it's, it's one thing to say I'm living off cash flow, but then when the cash flow disappears, then I'm living off nothing. And so, uh, it, you know, it's no question there are hard times ahead, but, uh, you know, thank you for bringing us the opportunity and we'll send folks to uh, 420msp.com. All righty. Any other final words of wisdom? Well, you know, just folks, uh, you know, I, 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 don't want to be was the Wheaties commercial or life cereal commercial be like Mike. Um, but you know, to some extent, uh, I, I try to lead by example and I mean this in a kind way. So, you know, thank goodness I started 420 MSP a year ago right now. And we're coming up on our first anniversary. We've learned a lot along the way. We built up our site and our community with resources. And so folks, that's, that's what you need to do right now is, is, you know, it's free to join, come join us, get involved immediately. It's going to take a little while to enter the vertical, but um, there are no jobs out there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it's time to reinvent. Carl, thank you as always for letting me uh, babble incessantly. <laughs> well, and we will, uh, what, when is the conference? Yeah, so the conference is June one through four. And uh, uh, again, it's three hours a day starting at 4.20 p.m. Pacific each day. So you can get your full workday in realistically and um, have, uh, you know, three hours, uh, uh, hopefully on your sofa, soaking it up, taking notes, that kind of thing. Four-day conference. Thank you. Very good. Well, maybe with luck, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you right before that conference. All righty. Very good. Thank you, sir. 
Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.